I'm Megan French Dunbar, co-founder and CEO of Conscious Company Media, and welcome to World Changing Women. Each week, we interview some of the most badass female founders in the world to get their insights on how they've built game-changing companies that actually have a positive impact on the world. Our hope here is to inspire and help people of all backgrounds who feel like starting a business or chasing their dream is out of their reach to reconsider. We'll hear the good, the bad, and sometimes even the ugly of what it takes to start and build something incredible. And we hope that every episode will leave you inspired, hopeful, and with practical tips that will help you along your journey. Welcome to World Changing Women. We can leverage essentially nature's chemistry in silk. We can have it without impurities and we can get these specific sequences of silk that allow us to then leverage their properties in many different consumer products. Why is it that we think more about what we put in our bodies than what we put on our bodies? This was the question that Beg Lacatour asked herself when she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer in her 20s and was looking for answers. Fortunately, after Beck made it through her cancer diagnosis, she and her business partner, Greg Altman, set out to start a green chemistry company that reinvents silk in liquid form to replace harmful ingredients in skincare and textile products. In this episode, I sat down with Beck to hear about her inspiring journey from cancer survivor to green chemistry entrepreneur, including how she's had two children in the first five years of her new business. I'd love to give you a little bit of the backstory to actually um, help shape where we ended up at Evolved by Nature. And it really starts 20 years ago uh, when I was a freshman at Tufts University. I came in as an engineering major, was interested in pre-med, knowing that I wanted to do something in the medical space, and had the good fortune of meeting my current business partner, Greg, actually as a freshman at Tufts when he was doing his graduate work there. And the two of us have been working together with Silk in the medical space ever since. Um, Throughout my time at Tufts, I really learned that I could actually have a huge impact on health in the medical field from an engineering perspective rather than pursuing medical school. And I actually decided to stay on and do my doctorate at Tufts, further studying uh, silk in its fiber form. During that time, uh, Greg and I were working at a company that Greg had founded that was called Serica. The focus there was working with silk in a fiber-based form for medical devices. We sold that technology to Allergan in 2010. A couple of years prior to selling that technology to Allergan, at a significant event in my personal life where I found out in 2008 that I was actually um, diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And so that as a a 20-something-year-old female was was quite a shock to the system to wake up one day thinking, you know, everything's normal, you're invincible in your 20s, and then the next day to realize that I had a a significant disease and needed to uh, address that and worked through 13 weeks of of chemotherapy and surgery um, to overcome that hurdle. That's particularly relevant when we look at where we are today with Evolved by Nature and, and part of our mission to be able to provide Um, solutions to women at at any stage of their life. Uh, Fast forward after we sold the company to Allergan, we stayed on, we helped to commercialize that medical device. And then we said, okay, uh, let's take some time, let's step away and let's understand how we can have an even broader impact on health. 
working in the, the medical device space, we were able to help tens of thousands of uh, patients per year. We wanted to be able to say, what can we do on an even broader scale? How can we look at the chemistry space and understand how we could create a green chemistry uh, company from the silk molecule and actually be able to leverage that in different uh, spaces across consumer goods and medical devices? So can we talk a little bit about the ovarian cancer and did that actually have an impact on you kind of heading into the green chemistry space? Absolutely. It was, uh, you know, <laughs> being a 20 something year old female, uh, you have your, your normal skincare routine, you have your, you know, normal activities, the types of foods that you're eating. Uh, and you really, everything is turned upside down <laughs> when you face a diagnosis like this. And your sense of normal just goes out the door. And, you know, I was grasping at what are the things that I can do to actually still take control and have some normalcy in my life. And looking at things like my skincare routine and saying, what are the actual chemicals that I'm now going to be putting on my skin when I'm going through chemotherapy? You know, my body's going to be trying to, to deal with that. How can I put the best food in my body? How can I put the best skincare on my skin? And really realizing that there were a tremendous number of um, chemicals and ingredients there that I had never before taken the time to understand. It's just crazy. At, at this moment in time, I'm 35 weeks pregnant. You're coming back from maternity leave with your second child. And it wasn't until I got pregnant that I actually started paying attention to what I was putting on my body. I, I'm pretty good at paying attention to what I put in my body. But then I, I was like, oh, I have to care for another human being. But it's also things like a cancer diagnosis all of a sudden makes you perk up and go like, why do why does it take us having these significant life events to actually take a second look at what we're putting on our bodies. It's, it's so true. And, you know, you speak about being pregnant and my business partner's uh, wife, her name is also Beck, um, actually had a, a sign um, framed on the, the wall in her office uh, from Wendell Berry. And it said something to the effect of, you know, will this disturb the sleep of a woman near giving birth? And so that was kind of the other, other piece that was really inspiring us is, it, being able to provide products for any phase of, of life. You know, it shouldn't have to be you face one of these life-changing events and then you make a change to the products that you're using. I think we're starting to see um, that shift, certainly in the food industry. And I think consumers are starting to question it more now in skincare and in other consumer goods. And that's where we're really hoping that we can leverage this unique technology that we have to be able to bring a clean offering to the table. That's so interesting. So... I would love to hear a little bit more about this clean technology and actually kind of the nuts and bolts of, of what this is, uh, because I'm hearing silk and I'm interested, but I don't totally understand exactly what it is that you're bringing. Sure. So we originally in the, the first company that I was describing worked with silk in its natural fiber form. Uh, most people think of silk as a, a textile material. It's uh, one of the first biomaterials that was ever recorded um, in written history. And we knew that it just had this really remarkable protein structure to it. And so when we said, all right, what can we do from a green chemistry perspective? We stepped back and said, okay, there are um, many published reports of people taking silk and turning it into a liquid. So essentially dissolving the fibers that we know from the textile industry down to the liquid to be able to get the specific protein sequence that makes up silk. Uh, what is interesting is that it has never been done before in a commercially viable manner because the silk 
uh, would immediately be unstable and want to form a, a gel, if you think of like a jello. And so when we started the company, one of the first things that we did was step back and say, okay, if we're going to do this, we need to understand why that's always been the case. And you know, one of the most interesting moments early in our uh, start of this company was when we had an intern looking at some data and realizing that it's actually impurities in the process that caused this gelation to occur. And that was the moment for me where I really said, okay, we can make something of this. Uh, being a, a mechanical engineer by training, uh, I really love to dive into the nuts and bolts of the manufacturing process, the process engineering that's required to build something reproducibly and sustainably. And once we knew, okay, here's the problem we need to solve, we can get uh, this fantastic silk uh, protein sequence that is available in nature. And if we treat it properly in the, the processing of it, we can leverage essentially nature's chemistry in silk. We can have it without impurities and we can get these specific sequences of silk that allow us to then leverage their properties in many different consumer products. So, so you and Greg had already previously worked together. You've already sold a company and then you kind of discover this new process and you have an idea for a new company. Can you talk to me a little bit about that of kind of going into founding Evolved by Nature and what that looked like? Yeah, I think it really stems from the um, points we were discussing previously of knowing that we wanted to leverage this chemistry in a way to impact health knowing that there were easily identifiable areas in consumer goods such as skincare, and then saying, you know, can we set a guiding principle for ourselves that whatever end product we're making should be something that could be used by um, women and people at all stages of their lives. And so, you know, we stepped back and said, okay, to really drive interest in this company, what do we need to do? Um, the two of us got together and said, okay, let's invest some of our own time and, and funding to figure out if we can actually make silk in a commercially viable manner. To us, that meant, can we build scale? Uh, can we make it reproducibly? And can we do it sustainably? Because we're not only interested in the health of someone that's using our product, but the health of all those that are impacted along the manufacturing process from the original source of the silk to the processing that we're doing to turn it into a liquid. Um, you know, really trying to think of kind of cradle to grave for um, the processing of the material itself. And how old were you uh, at this point in the story? So we started the company in 2014. So I would have been uh, 33 at this point. Okay. And what were some of the very first steps that you all took when you actually decided to go for it? The first steps were really, um, you know, what is the uh, necessary process? How do we make sure that we can actually manufacture this? What are the specific applications that we should be looking at to leverage green chemistry in? Um, how do we create something that we can then use to go out to the investor space and show the potential of this? Um, we both appreciated the potential of silk from our previous work. Uh, we understood that you know the concept was there, but what proof points do we need to be able to uh, bring others along with us on the journey? And is there anything in those very early days, now that you have the benefit of hindsight, that when you look back, you would have done differently? 
I think, you know, I, coming from a, an engineering background, Greg is a, a chemist by training um, and a, a biotech engineer. We really focused on getting the process established um, and, and things of that nature, figuring out that we had the right products available. Um, where we did not spend a lot of um, time and, and money in the early days was getting strategic marketing and branding involved. Uh, our branding team teases us now when they look at some of the museum pieces that we have from <laughs> some of our first packaging. Um, and I think, you know, understanding the value and, and significance of being able to um, help tell the story of, of why these products are meaningful and the impact that the chemistry can have from a, a strategic marketing and branding perspective will help us to give access to even more people to the technology. So I think if we had the the opportunity to certainly pulling some of those folks in earlier in the game so that we could have shared the brand a bit earlier and been able to drive um, you know, wider distribution would, would certainly have been of interest. So let's talk about, you know, you founded this in 2014. What type of traction have you all gained since that time? And what do you actually believe is the most important element of that growth? Greg and I are a, an interesting team. We've worked together 20 years now. So uh, he is the the yes guy. I'm generally the no woman. So he comes <laughs> up with all these crazy ideas of, hey, let's go into this space. And I usually say no, and I don't really mean no. I mean, give me enough time to figure out how we can actually execute and be successful in that space. Um, and so we've had kind of a, a nice back and forth over the years. So we started in skincare, as we were talking about before. Um, that quickly evolved into looking at textiles. We were thinking, you know, okay, here we are concerned about what we're putting on our skin from a skincare perspective. What about all of the chemistry that is in clothing that many consumers don't think of on a, a daily basis? There are generally multiple chemicals that are applied on a pair of yoga pants, for example, and those chemistries help to make the fabric feel soft. They help it to retain its color, uh, allow it to be washable, allow it to wick your sweat when you're working out. And we looked at this chemistry and said, okay, if all of this chemistry is on the fabric, what's happening to it? When you're wearing it and you're sweating, are you pulling some of that chemistry off? Is it now getting on your skin there? Um, you're putting it in your washing machine at home. What's coming off into the water? And so we moved quickly from uh, not just skincare, but also looking at textiles in the apparel space, as well as in um, uh, automotive, home goods. So really anywhere that fabric is used, trying to understand what the chemistry is there and how we could leverage different silk molecules to address the needs in those different spaces. Beyond textiles, we've also moved back into the medical device space. So we're working on a dermal filler technology as well, where we're able to um, include liquid silk to actually allow us to tailor the properties of that filler in a unique way. Um, so we've expanded into these three different uh, market verticals at this point in time, I think really the reason that we've been able to do that is having a, a phenomenal group of investors behind us who are dedicated to the mission of building this green chemistry company and finding ways to use it in these different areas. And then, you know, the second piece is not just having the, the funding available to do it, but having the team who can actually execute upon the vision. And we've been very fortunate to grow our team here. I keep time uh, from when I went out on my first maternity leave, which would have been 21 months ago. We were 14 people at that time. 
we're just over 50 people now, 21 months later. So we've grown quickly. We've tried to bring in folks with um, diverse educational and work experience uh, backgrounds so that we can leverage those skill sets across these different areas as we're starting to solve problems in each of the areas. So I have to ask, uh, the idea of having two children in the last five years while you've also had this startup that's seeing explosive growth, uh, what advice do you have for women who or men who are heading out on paternity leave, especially as they're starting a business? It was definitely a, a daunting thought. Um, I was obviously beyond excited to, to be becoming a mom. It was something that I had wanted um, for my entire life. It was also terrifying to think, okay, here's you know this company that we're building, and now I'm going to step away from it for a few months. Knowing that I had a phenomenal team here allowed me to step away from it and know that it would be in in fantastic hands and that they would be able to keep the ball rolling while I was out and be able to continue pursuing our mission. I think one of the things that we learned from the first company is is it's really important to find a balance between work and in personal life. The first company, we were both coming out of uh, graduate school, undergraduate, we worked 24-7. It was, you know, when you picture startup, the the true uh, vision of, of that startup, where around the clock, everything was was focused on work. And I think this second time around, we have the perspective that uh, you really don't need that to be successful, that you can surround yourself with a, a great team and that you can find ways to balance your personal life and your work life, which will then afford you the opportunity to be more grounded when you're making decisions and to really focus on what the priorities are to get done that day so that you have the space to, to step away and enjoy family time as well. Um, so you, you mentioned these three applications for this new technology. Are, are these actually in products that we can buy on shelves right now? Are you producing those products or are you actually kind of contracting with other companies to, to use this technology? Both. So we are producing um, two skincare lines. We have a silk therapeutic skincare line and a lab grab skincare line. Those are actually made uh, right here in our, our facility. So we not only produce the silk molecule that's used in them, but we actually have designed, tested, and now manufacture all of the formulations that are used in those products as well, um, which is certainly unique in the skincare space. Normally, you would find most skincare manufactured at a, a contract manufacturing facility where teams come in and buy different uh, formulations that are available off the shelf. Uh, we wanted to focus on not just the silk being a clean ingredient, but also how do we surround that silk with meaningful ingredients in skincare? How do we pick each ingredient to know that it has a purpose in skincare and in skin health rather than just being a filler in a jar? Um, So the skincare lines are available. Uh, They are sold through our website. Um, And those products, again, are, are manufactured here. Our textile products are not yet available commercially. Um, They should be hopefully soon. And there we are not looking to design the the garments ourselves. There are certainly many uh, companies out there that are are phenomenal at that. And so part of our uh, job here too is to know what our strengths are and, and where we can leverage the strengths of others. And so we are looking to partner with different brands Um, We've received tremendous interest, which to us is uh, very refreshing and and reassuring to see that the um, textile industry is really pushing towards the sustainability and and green chemistry as well. So there we'll we'll partner with others. And then in the dermal filler space, uh, that product is still in development here. 
And so it's not yet available commercially, but we're working through all of the necessary regulatory approvals to bring that to the market soon. So I have to ask, what has been one of the best moments so far on this journey? I think probably the the best moment for me was uh, being able to come home with a jar of moisturizer that our team here had formulated. We had invented the silk chemistry that was in the jar, and I could put it on my son knowing that I felt great about every ingredient that was in there. And I have to, I, I am like imagining the situation where it feels like silk going on. Is that true? So it's interesting. People think of um, silk as this, you know, everybody says silky smooth. Um, and if you actually feel silk, it's, um, it is smooth, but it has a, a very specific feel to it. So yes, it, it does feel like um, silk, but we aren't using the silk in skincare formulations for that silky smooth feel. We're actually using it for its ability to uh, provide benefits to the skin. And so, you know, to us, it's not so much about the, the texture or the feel of the product. Um, obviously, those are, are important to consumer acceptance, but more how do we know that it's solving the purpose that you have? How do we know that it's providing hydration to the skin? Um, you know, silk will essentially bind to the surface of the skin and create a barrier, which will help hold uh, the moisture into the skin in the, the case of the moisturizer. And then on the flip side, uh, what has been one of the worst moments so far on this journey? You know, it's a hard question. Um, we've had an absolute blast uh, <laughs> doing this. And I think that to me, every challenge that we've faced is just an opportunity to figure out how do we solve that problem. And so, you know, when we have problems where the um, equipment isn't working that day or we're struggling with technology or we need to find a, a new formulation or you know, need to figure out how we can better partner with one of our partners on the, the textile side, I tend to view those as opportunities for us to continue to improve and grow and learn how to better uh, function as a, a company and learn how to deliver higher quality products to the end consumer. So I think what a lot of people might see as a, a bad day at work where you know something isn't going as planned to me is just another another step in the journey. And a lot of that comes from um, having lived in the, the startup life for the past 20 years now and knowing that there's going to be a challenge every day. So if you let those frustrate you, uh, then the startup world really isn't the, the space for you. <laughs> um, and then it might, it might make my next question totally moot, but um, I'm curious, just kind of as a leader of a fast-growing startup right now, especially one with two young children, is there anything that you're struggling right now with in your role specifically? You know, I think the there's always things that we'll we'll struggle with. I think right now for me, it's um, you know we're a team of fifty, but we're really tackling four companies. Right? We have the silk chemistry, we have skincare, we have textiles, we have dermal filler. So at the end of the day, there actually aren't uh, that many people <laughs> per opportunity. And I think that you know making sure that the team understands the priorities, making sure that we stay focused. There are tremendous numbers of opportunities and there is significant interest in taking the silk chemistry into other areas beyond these areas that we're focused in. Uh, and I mentioned, you know, Greg is the, the visionary and, and dreamer who's always coming up with the next application and how do we develop the chemistry to meet that application. 
So to me, the biggest uh, daily struggle is probably how do we stay focused? How do we make sure that we have the resources that we need to be successful and make sure that we win in the areas that we're working on now before we take on new areas as well? Is, is that a hard role for you um, to kind of be, you know, have like the, the yes man and you be the, the no person? Is that, do you struggle with that or is that just kind of uh, kind of a part of your personality? I think it's a part of my personality. And I think that um, Greg and I have found a, a great way and you know, we're good friends outside of work as well. So it certainly is a, a very friendly back and forth. I think it also makes the team comfortable to know that they can take a position anywhere along the spectrum and they're going to have someone listening to them and, and supporting their position. And I think that actually creates a, a very healthy environment here where the management team, you know, through to the the folks who are supporting us and getting things done every day are able to say, okay, you know, we have people looking at this from both perspectives and it's not just, you know, one directional. So in terms of your own personal sustainability, what are you doing right now in terms of your own daily routine or weekly routine that serves your own personal sustainability? I think, unfortunately, since I know you're about to head into having a child, the first three months with a new baby, I don't think there's any sort of (laughs) being perfectly honest. Um, But we are we are finally starting to settle back into a a routine now with a a three month old and a 21 month old. Um, You know, my husband and I uh, have really given a priority to having time to spend with our children. So daily basis, you know, we're up um, getting ready together. The kids are uh, having breakfast, um, you know, really trying to, to start our day off as a family, grounded in that, that sense of who we are. And, you know, same thing on the other end of the day. To us, it's very important that we're all sitting down to dinner together at night. Uh, when it was just my husband and I, you'd often find us in front of the TV, um, you know, play, play it on our lap eating dinner. And now with kids, we really shifted that to uh, making sure that we're around the kitchen table every night, uh, asking my 21-month-old about his day and, and what he did, um, and really having that, that family time to spend together. And sure, I might have to log back on after the, the kids are in bed at night, but really prioritizing the, the start and the end of the day for the kids to make sure that they always have us there and, and present with them. Um, what is the best piece of leadership advice that you have either received or that you have? So I will share a piece of advice that I received. It was actually from Greg at the time. I um, did not appreciate it whatsoever. <laughs> um, uh, one, of the, one of the things that I have tried to live by, um, and I've never told him this, so I don't know that I should spill the beans now, but actually when I uh, was diagnosed with cancer, uh, was then in the hospital following surgery. Uh, you know, folks had come to visit me. Everybody was very sympathetic. Um, I was, you know, sitting there feeling sorry for myself. My life had just been turned upside down. You know, what was I going to do? And Greg asked if he could come by and visit. And he walked in the room and visited with me for a couple of minutes. And I was expecting, you know, nice sympathy from him as well. And he just looked at me and with a straight face said, are you going to sit here and have a pity party or are you going to get up and do something about it? <laughs> and I, <laughs> what did you just say? Uh, and, and it did, you know, it, I took a step back and, and that night I remember laying there in bed thinking, yeah, he's right. You know, I've got to get up. I've got to do this. And that is not in a business setting, but it is, you know, we were talking before about, about bad days and 
having a day like that where you hear the news of, hey, you have ovarian cancer. It mattered very much to me to be a mom. That to me meant, you know, is there a chance that I might not be able to have children? And so, you know, everything kind of turned upside down. That really gives you a, a perspective of a, a bad day. And then to, in the face of that, say like, all right, well, let's get up and take action um, tends to be something that I try to live by on a, a daily basis at the company here now too. Mm. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Um, and you probably have actually already spoken to this, but I'll just ask anyway. Uh, is there, can you tell me about a life-changing moment that you've had on your journey? I think we have hit on probably the the two biggest ones. Um, obviously, one was the the cancer diagnosis and in, in months that followed, and the second was uh, becoming a mom. You know, finding out that I was pregnant with my first, really going through that experience and doing it while I was at Evolved by Nature, knowing that I'm now thinking about you know what clothing am I going to be buying for my child? Is that clothing going to have chemicals on it? What skincare am I using? Um, I nursed my son and am now nursing my second son. And what am I putting on my body while I'm also providing nutrients to my child? Um, So it's really been an interesting perspective to be going through that experience while also trying to have an impact on these industries. And and just from a a personal curiosity, I just have to ask. So uh, we are, of course, getting ready for our first child to uh, come into our lives here. And all the clothes that we've put on the registry and all the products, everything that we've done has been organic. Is that good enough? So sadly, uh, it is not (laughs) anymore. Uh, (laughs) So the interesting thing is... They're talking about the cotton, right? So you often hear organic cotton in baby products. Um, there may still be chemistries that are put on those uh, fabrics to be able to make them withstand washing. Unfortunately, in the, the textile industry today, there's actually no requirement to disclose to the end consumer what finishes are on the fabric. They disclose to you the material that makes up the actual fabric, but not what's on top of it. So, so what is a parent to do? It's a fantastic question. <laughs> I wish I had an answer today. Uh, we certainly did the, the same thing and, and purchased organic and, and tried to do the best that we could. Um, and we're hoping to be able to, for you know, future children and future generations, have a different option in looking at something like the uh, silk, activated silk that we are creating here at Evolved by Nature. Thank you for working on that. Um, <laughs> so I just wish it was sooner for both of us. Yes, yes, I know. Um, so from the top lessons that you've learned so far in building a company, can you share maybe your top two to three pieces of advice that you have for other business leaders? Sure. I think the first is probably to surround yourself with a, a great team. One of the things I think we've done well in building our team is not to get stuck in the conventions of, you know, here's a a typical role and here's the typical skill set that's in that role. Um, We are firm believers that everybody has talents. Greg will tell you my talent is that I'm incredibly judgmental, uh, (laughs) which I am. Uh, And so I figured out a way to leverage that. I'm able to evaluate an idea quickly and determine what all the potential risks are in it so that we could then um, go ahead and figure out ways to address those risks. Um, And I think it's important to be able to identify those types of talents in team members and figure out where they could fit best on the team and how they could be most successful, even if it's not the traditional background that you would think of in a role. We've placed engineers into clinical roles before. 
Um, we've put engineers into project management, um, you know, really just figuring out how do people do in, in interacting with others and solving problems in, in many different um, facets of the job. And then figure out how to really populate the team with folks who will be able to all get together and, and work cohesively as a team. I think, you know, second piece of advice uh, is to fail fast. You hear it often. I think it's challenging to do in principle. Our first company, we spent 10 years developing a medical device before we ever went into a clinical trial with that device. We wanted to be so confident and it's important when developing a, a medical device to ensure that you've checked all of the boxes along the way um, since you are going to be impacting someone's health. And we studied it um, every which way that we could. And then we got into our human clinical trial and we learned things that we could have never learned on the bench top. And so, you know, 10 years later, here we were saying, oh, okay, we've got to step back and understand these things. So this time around, we've really taken the approach of how do we ensure that we've um, looked at safety, that we know we feel good about it, and then how do we quickly learn what we don't know? And if an idea is not going to work, then we need to quickly move on from it and find a different solution um, to push push that forward with. That's um, and our last question, what is giving you hope for the future? For me, I think that we are starting to see a, a shift both in companies as well as the press around consumers and companies being interested in what are they putting on and in their bodies. The organic food movement has made tremendous progress over the past decade. People are now looking at skincare. We think beyond that is textiles. And I think that interest in that dedication from companies to start evaluating sustainable and cleaner technologies gives me great hope that we can actually start to find solutions. We can actually feel comfortable going home knowing that our kids are wearing clothing that we feel great about. Um, and so I think that continued interest will hopefully drive the market in the right direction to starting to adopt some of these green chemistries and, and really making an impact on health. A huge thanks this week goes out to Beg Locator and the whole team over at Evolved by Nature, as well as our incredible production team at StoryPop Media and the whole Conscious Company Media team. If you like what you're hearing, we'd be so grateful if you tell a friend about the show. And be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode. Thanks so much for listening. A StoryPop Media production. <laughs>